another game where they almost hang 40 and completely shut down the opposing team's offense? Uh, just one of those days. You know, it just seems like it's happening every Sunday now, you know, Ryan. You try not to take it for granted. So let's go Duffalo on the Odyssey app where we get your podcast. His name is Ryan Duffy. Hello. My name is Pat Duffy. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. You know, we're getting so many international listeners now. I feel like we need to start learning different languages to make everyone feel accepted. Really? Uh, we got a couple of folks from Sweden. Okay. A couple of folks from South America. Oh. They uh, speak all kinds of languages down there. We have two listeners in Singapore that are listening on a regular basis now. Okay. And I'm genuinely curious if these people are... American Western New York natives that move to these countries mm-hmm. or if somehow they're like Bills fans that live in Singapore and Sweden like natural like from that country and they found the Bills for some reason or it could just be me replaying the podcast over and over on different VPNs okay that would never be weird well the reason I wonder is and we'll get into this game in a second you know the Bills take on the Jaguars a week after this Miami game mm-hmm. in England I was gonna say what are you like did I travel in time for a second well I'm, 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 a, I'm a week away I understand it now but I'm just saying like I've really for a second I was like wait a minute did I just go like quantum leap or you, something you did but what I'm getting at is like there's gonna be people from all over Europe that are going to travel in to see this game. Sure. Right? And I'm wondering how many Bills fans from outside of London are going to recognize you at the game? No, you And they're going to come up and say, like, Guten Tag or something? They already, they're having two games in Germany, so is Guten Tag German? Yes. Okay, don't be smug like you speak German. Danke. Shut up. (laughs) Let's get into this game. A complete domination in D.C. 37-3 win. And although they didn't start to run away with it until the fourth quarter, I mean, keep in mind, it was 16 to nothing going into the fourth quarter, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. They were in control the entire time, mm-hmm. right? At one point in the first quarter, the Bills were three of three on third down with nine yards average to go on third down. Yeah. They were getting a first down on third down with an entire first down to gain every single time. It's one thing I appreciate so much about this team. Like they are just they have proven themselves to be third down machines. I don't care what the distance is. Like give our guys a chance every single third down. See, I don't even know I don't know how I feel about it cuz it's it's exciting and it's fun, mm-hmm. right? It's like sitting down at a slot machine and it's like a hot machine and it just keeps like paying out and you're paying out and you but it's probably not good to be between third and eight and third and 11 on three straight third downs on your opening drive. Well, of course not. I mean, ideally, you would get five yards, a, you know, a, a play, you know, and you don't even get to third down. But the fact still remains that they're extremely efficient on third down. I understand your point that like, OK, maybe you roll the dice a few times first and second down incompletion and what uh, run for two yards. And next thing you know, you're looking at third and eight. So I get that. But. You can't be upset that they're. I mean, no, I'm not, I love it. I love watching Josh rear back, find someone across the middle, and like throwing a bullet back across his body. You know, I love Feast or Fam and Josh Allen. It's sure. just when you see those numbers, it's like exciting and horrifying at the same time. It's volatile. I'm. I like oh, it's it. perfect word. Yeah, it's. Um. Yeah, thank you, Donka. Um, okay, can I compliment you without you puking all over yourself? No. Okay. Which is Spanish for no. The Bills. The last two games are winning the complete opposite way they did to start the last season when they were blowing teams out. How so? So last season, they were blowing teams away the first five, six weeks mm-hmm. with pure offense. Moonshot! Yeah, like you had... 500! Jo- you, know, you, you, you had Josh throwing for 350 to 450 yards. He's getting four TDs total every single game, and they were just running these defenses around in circles. Like, that opening night against the Rams last season was a thing of beauty. Like, yeah. they did whatever they wanted offensively. We were the toast of the town. This year, 
They are winning in blowout fashion again, but somehow they're doing it completely with defense. I mean, with the for the last two weeks, they've hung at least thirty points. Okay, right? but uh, no, they they last they hung thirty eight against the Raiders. This, this week was a disappointment. No, well, that's what I'm saying. Over the last two weeks, they have hung at least thirty points, almost forty both weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah. So with the, with the exception of Week One, and obviously we all know what happened there. Sure. You know. But yeah, no. No, but like awesome. it, it doesn't make sense that you can play defense and blow teams out like this. Like it doesn't make logical sense. Now, granted, you got a touchdown from the defense, which we'll get into later. Uh, I mean, it's not a Miami situation where they were just you know getting ball turnover all the play, but mm-hmm. like it's it's boggling my mind statistically mm. how they can score this many points and be this dominant on defense, and your defense is the one that's driving the play the entire game. Does that yeah, make sense? I guess, kind of. I mean, it, but to me, it makes perfect sense because I think that the offense has changed a bit, to your point, how it was last year where they're just running up the score on, on people left and right, you know? I think what we've seen this year, especially over the last two weeks, and especially uh, this past Sunday against the Commanders, is that you see a... Uh, an offense that is willing to like kind of take its time and like methodically yeah. go down the field yeah. and really eat that time of possession on top of having a really dominant defense that may bend a little bit here and there, but as you could, as everyone saw on Sunday can get home like no problem. I, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it actually makes perfect sense. So I'm going to read you some numbers uh, as to how this bills defense has completely shut down offenses throughout the first three games. Please. Are you ready? Uh, Wait. Okay, go. The Bills defense in three games have allowed two touchdowns total. Nice. They are allowing less than a touchdown per game on defense. On average, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what yeah. They allowed one touchdown against the Jets defensively. They allowed one touchdown against the Raiders, and Mm -hmm. they allowed zero touchdowns against the Commanders. Zero point zero point goose egg. This Bills defense in three games has allowed a total of 29 points. 29. Total. Yeah. They are averaging allowing less than 10 points a game. Yeah, I think the Browns were the only defense that's allowed less or fewer touchdowns. I think they've only allowed one on the season. This Bills defense on Sunday Mm -hmm. almost tripled the amount of sacks they had in the first two games in 60 minutes. Mm. So they walked into this game. Now, they were getting a ton of pressure, but we talked about this on the break room. Uh, on WCMF last week. What's that show? I don't know that show. I, I know you don't because you're on it now and nobody listens. Mm. Oh, that one. We talked about how the Bills were getting a ton of pressure, mm-hmm. yet only got home three and a half times yeah, yeah. in the first two games. Mm-hmm. They got nine sacks on Sunday. Nine sacks. When I wrote this down, I knew you were going to do that. Nine and I nine. Shut up. <laughs> Are you starting to feel bad for opposing quarterbacks? Um. Well... The last two weeks, no. Special, wait, really? wait, no, absolutely not. No. Jimmy Garoppolo's had, <laughs> Jimmy oh. Garoppolo's had a, a fine career, and he's going to do perfectly well for himself. No, I know. I'll be, okay, I don't mean like, hey, let's start a charity for them. I'm saying like, look, man, Sam Howell, especially on Sunday, sure, he was just taking a beating. Welcome to the NFL, my friend. And there was nothing that Washington would could do nothing he as Sam Howell could do to stop them like there was one hit he took and it wasn't even a sack he had made it back past the line of scrimmage where mm-hmm. he got crunched between two Bills defenders and I forget who it was and I was convinced his ribs were in pieces yeah he had a rough day no no doubt about that 
But do I feel bad for him? He's a starting quarterback. He's one of 32. No, I understand. No, I don't feel bad for him. I, I feel bad. I'm, I'm starting to feel bad for opposing quarterbacks. Not that we're embarrassing them and picking them off and causing them to throw. I'm talking about the physical pain they're enduring. At this, okay. This wave of defensive linemen that just keeps coming at them. So to that point, yes, I, I would well, agree. Well, 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 hang on a second. You make a good point where, you know, why keep Sam Howell in the game when it's, you know, when you're down by well, 25 plus? Look, he's not you know? Justin Fields. He's not a top five pick. He's Fair a point. Fifth you know, round pick from last season. Get him the reps and all that jazz. See how he responds. But like, he's also getting cut in half over and over and over. Yeah, but who's the backup in Washington? Do we know? I couldn't even tell. You, you. think that guy wants to go in? <laughs> it's not It's not his hey, problem. Sam, you're doing a great job, buddy. Thanks. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Just put me on the injured list. The Bills are blitzing at one of the lowest rates in the NFL. That, I think, is the biggest thing to keep in mind here. Yet they are getting uh, one of the highest pressure pressure percentages in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It, it, they're, they're getting there with four. That defensive four and sometimes Bernardo Milano are quarterback magnets. But they're just, backfield magnets. But that's just it. That's sometimes Bernardo Milano. Like They're not blitzing, mm-hmm. and they are getting there, it seems like, every single play mm-hmm. like even when you know the pressures are there like when they're affecting every single throw it feels like they're i mean i don't know if you plan on going through every one of these <laughs> all nine of the sacks if you want to i got time no but but there was there was one in particular where i and i even said it because we watched the game together mm-hmm. i i said it out loud that like like right at the snap leonard floyd had such a jump like was he it his timed second it, one I think it was the second one. Yeah, because he had back-to-back sacks on one series. Yeah, let's go. Whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, he got su- he got the perfect jump on the snap, and I swear to God, the offensive tackle had to like turn his whole body around and like run to the sideline <laughs> to try to even like get any kind of chip on him. And and while the offensive or the the offensive tackle is like leaning forward trying to get any kind of hand on him. Uh, Leonard Floyd simply just does like a swat away of the hands and the guy goes tumbling ass forward and just absolutely crushes Sam Howell. It's got to be so dejecting. Oh, God, I can't imagine how that. Well, actually, I played offensive tackle no, in high but, school, so I can't imagine how that feels because it happened often. No, the point I'm making is like those offensive linemen in the NFL, they've been the best players of their position their entire lives. Sure. Right. At and, least up to that point. Yes. And to get to the NFL and to have a day where you cannot do anything right against these pass rushers. God, like how do you how do you go sit in the shower and be like, well, OK, we're going to go home and try again tomorrow. I, well, I mean, I think like you have to to be a, a top tier competitor. I think you have to have the mental fortitude to know that like you're not going to win every snap easy to say but of course it's easy but you to should say. win some but but even oh of course <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong i'm sure they did win some when they were playing uh <laughs> prevent or right. like whatever the case nine sacks i understand that but my point is that like i i think that like you have to take the good with the bad when you're in that level of competition but but i can also empathize with like if you've been you know top dog for your entire life and you get to the nfl and it's like you've done everything right and now there's just someone who's just flat out better than you or just has your number that day and is just absolutely embarrassing you, you would want to be anywhere other than where you were right now. No, but you, it's even worse because it's not one person, right? It's not like a Miles Garrett situation in Cleveland where he's just straight up better than everybody else. Yeah. Every single Bills defensive lineman was better than you all day long. It doesn't matter who they lined up across from you. That guy was going to beat you. And just for a little bit of perspective, if you don't mind, real quick. I love perspective. Okay, so I'm going to pull up. 
the commander's box scores here. Sam Howell threw the ball 29 times. 29 times. And he took nine sacks. Nine sacks. So, which means he dropped back 38 times. You with me? Yeah, 29 attempts, sacked eight, nine times. So, he dropped back 38 times. Yep, yep, yep. He was sacked on 25% of his dropbacks, and he dropped back almost 40 times. Yikes. That's insane. And here's what's even more crazy. Like, it's one thing to see the big names getting to the quarterback. You know, Mm -hmm. Greg Rousseau gets a sack on Sunday. Ed Oliver gets a sack and a half. You brought up Leonard Floyd and his two sacks. Like, those guys are name brand NFL pass rushers. Right. We're not getting them at Aldi. But when A.J. Epinesa gets a sack and a pick six. I love Aldi, by the way. Great. I can tell. Ah. When Daquan Jones gets a sack and a half and is tweeting at the Bills to include him in their tweet that Ed Oliver got the sack earlier <laughs> in the game. Like, you know this defense is insanely good. And you don't even have Von Miller dressed yet. Yeah, something important to remember there. Um, but also, so to your point, do you think, this may sound like a stupid question, so bear with me. Well, I mean, you're asking. <laughs> do you, and you're on fire do, I know, right? Do you think that it's more scheme or is it more uh, just the type of player that they're bringing onto the defensive line. It's absolutely scheme. And I'll tell you why it's scheme, how the middle linebacker position is played out tells me it's scheme. Why is is that? The player of the game hands down on Sunday was Terrell Bernard. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Two sacks, a pick, a fumble recovery, seven tackles. So far, mm-hmm. letting Edmonds walk was a brilliant idea by Bean and McDermott. So far, yeah. Bernard is playing great in coverage. He is a splash play machine. He's got back-to-back weeks with interceptions. I love this man like he is my child. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to how great McDermott's defense is when everyone is playing a role in the scheme. Mm. Because, you look, you can't argue that... Edmonds is a more physical specimen and might be a better football player straight up man-to-man. Sure. Man. Yeah, yeah. But Terrell Bernard in this system, I mean, bro, Tremaine Edmonds never had a day like Terrell Bernard had on Sunday. Yeah, what I saw someone say, like, um, or whatever the stat was. He's, First time he's, since Erlacher in the NFL. What, back-to-back? Um, no, what, two, n- nobody's had two sacks, an interception, and it was something else. Mm-hmm. Seven tackles since Brian Urlacher did it in like two thousand. Oh, and okay, I mean that's cool too. But I was gonna say like he Bernard's already eclipsed uh, Tremaine Edmonds's. You know, like in two games or three games, whatever it was he eclipsed some some stats, whether it's picks or or sacks, whatever the case. Um, I will say though, my only rule in life is that I don't trust people who have two first names, like their last name is a first name. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of struggling with Terrell Bernard. Yeah, no, I understand why that would be a completely rational thing. Here's how good the scheme is. The Bills scored 37 points. Mm -hmm. They got five turnovers. They sacked Sam Howell nine times. How many times? Eight plus one times. You want to know what the Bills' best defensive player's stat line was yesterday? Mm, Sure. Matt Milano. Our boy. Matt Milano. Our boy. His stat line. You ready for it? Mm, Wait. One tackle. That's it. Wait a minute. It was his best. Wait, say that again. So his stat line, uh-huh. he's your best player. Yeah. yeah. Matt Milano is your best oh, defensive player. Oh, I understand. Right I understand. Okay, okay. He is your best defensive player on that defense week in, week out. Hey, man. And your best defensive player in a game where you had a pick six, forced five turnovers, picked up nine sacks, kept them under 100 yards rushing the entire game amongst all their rushers. You had that much of a dominant performance, and your best defensive player had, and I will read you his entire box score again, one sack. Hey. 
uh, or one sack or oh, one, sorry, one, one tackle. tackle. One right. tackle, not even for loss. Not even a sackle. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he set the table. He picked up the tab so the big dogs could eat. But, I mean, that, te- that tells you it's scheme, right? Yeah. I guess, but I struggle, though, like, thinking back. And I understand, like, maybe the difference maker is now that Sean McDermott is calling the plays. I and not so. Leslie Frazier. That could be the case, too. Um, but you had seen in years past the struggle for there to be any kind of pass rush. And I think that it's pretty clear that if there is anything that the Bills are not struggling with over the last two weeks, and even three weeks, I would say, is the pass rush. Well, you got to keep in mind where we are right now as a Bills team compared to where they were last season at this time. You know, we mm. had just lost Micah Hyde, so that loosens up your uh, defensive backfield. Sure. Tredavious White wasn't back yet. You were yep. working two rookies into the lineup in Christian Bedford and Kyrie. And Kyrie right? Yep. Okay, so like there was going to be less time to get there. Mm-hmm. Now your safety position is the deepest position on this roster. Yeah. To the point where you're playing Taylor Rapp as a tiny linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. So I dare you to call Taylor Rapp a uh, tiny linebacker. Compared to Matt face. Milano? Are you saying Matt Milano's not tiny? I'm just saying I dare you to say that to his face. After what he did to Devontae Adams, he'd be a dead man. And Devontae Adams got really, really mad at him. I don't blame him, but still. No, I mean, like I think that's why you're seeing... Like, yes, I think the scheme helps a ton. Mm-hmm. But I think with McDermott making the calls the way he sees his defense in his head in the moment, mm-hmm. look, man, you got to give McD credit. Oh, yeah. He hung his ass out there. He put a, a completely inexperienced linebacker on the field, deciding to call his own defense, and it has been successful beyond his wildest dreams in the first three games. And, dude, if you think back to the preseason, like, everyone was concerned, myself included. Yeah, sure. Everyone was like, we don't have Tremaine Edmonds. We're not going to be good. Like, the defense is porous. It's almost like they didn't show what they were going to do in the regular season. Hmm. Who had, who said that? I don't Probably someone ugly. Yeah. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> okay, don't do bad jokes and then get mad when I well, do bad jokes don't back. set me up to make the the stupid... <laughs> that's that's on you. Nobody wants that. Nobody's ever wanted it. Stop making fun of me. So going back to the offense. Yep. Once again, it has been the complete opposite of what we saw last year at this time. Mm-hmm. Right? If you look at Josh's box score, if you didn't watch the game, it's a yawn. He's got 218 yards, a touchdown, interception, and a rushing touchdown. And don't get me wrong, man. Like, we saw Feaster Fam and Josh at some points during that game. They mm-hmm. had big-time plays. I mean, Steph went over 100 yards. He, I think he had catches of, like, 30, 30, 20. Gabe Davis had that 35-yard touchdown catch, which was beautiful. Yeah, talk about big-time 20-plus-yard plays, like, after not getting any of them yeah. for the first two weeks. You ain't wrong. And, I mean, keep in mind that 218 yards was with human victory cigar Kyle Allen playing for the last 10 minutes of the game. Human victory so that's going to chip away. Did but, you, what, what? Did what? you notice that Kyle Allen moved forward on the second kneel down so that he didn't? And so I can only imagine he would have like maybe not positive yardage, but not negative rushing yardage. Which is, I wonder if that's built into his contract. What? That if he loses? Well, no, because that would be a BS thing to do. Because the only time, ideally, the only time he plays. I think I just next next backup quarterback that needs representation in the NFL mm-hmm. come to me because I will build in incentives for negative rushing yardage for for your contract. Oh, so that means you're win, but you didn't do anything to secure the but, win. Hey, but you need someone to nail it down. I'm your guy. Here, poor Kyle Allen. Like he took a beating in the preseason. Yeah. People were calling for his head. Word was that the Bills were looking for another quarterback. Matt Barkley is the second coming of Matt Barkley. He got in with ten minutes left in that game. Uh huh. Ask me how many passes he attempted. 
Uh, I know the answer. The answer is zero passes. He had 10 <laughs> zero minutes. Zero point goose egg. He had 10 minutes and he handed the ball off the entire freaking time. And now, James Cook still didn't get 100 yards. Oh my God, I was so mad. He <laughs> went on the four-yard line. Him getting into the end zone would have gotten him his first rushing touchdown of the season and 100 yards for two straight games and he couldn't do it. Yeah, poor guy. But look, I mean, you're getting Tyrod Taylor numbers on purpose from one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And it's working. He still beat him by 34 points. And it's happened the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it feels like to me, Ryan, McDermott has wanted to win this way since he got to Buffalo. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally the best of both worlds. You have a dynamic offense that is playing air quote conservative at times. And what I mean by conservative is like there's a balance mm-hmm. to the rushing and to the passing game while also having an emphasis on Josh taking care of himself, right? Like that's that's like the best case conservative football you could get out of the Buffalo Bills. And your defense is playing lights out. Well, it's funny. Like you look back to the first year that McDermott was here. Mm-hmm. Defense is good. Mm-hmm. You wanted a quarterback that was going to control the ball and spread, like, you know, run past the ability to go. and Nathan a quor- Peterman. But a quarterback that had the ability to push it down the field every once in a while. And the only thing that Tyrod was afraid to do was to push, push it, down it down the, the field. field every once in a he, while. What was his thing? Like, he doesn't throw picks. He doesn't throw picks. Yeah, but he doesn't throw it more than nine yards down the field. But it is the irony as now that we've come full circle, right, mm-hmm. where McDermott is now in charge of absolutely every role, the defensive side of the ball. He's getting Josh to play the way. I mean, look, they asked McDermott about Josh sliding. Uh, and he his face just like lit up literally ear to ear I saw it too I made me sad like that's what makes you that happy come on <laughs> get him a dog or something but like the irony of he benched Tyrod Taylor to start Nate Peterman who threw the most interceptions in the history of the NFL and now you have a quarterback who you're who is has all the tools you were looking for and won't stop turning the ball over. And you're like, come on, Josh, we got to stop doing that. What are you, some kind of name? By the way, that said the Peterman streak continues. Yeah. He was re- released by the Bears this past week and then the next day re-signed to the 53-man roster. Oh, really? He signed him back. Wait, so they released him from the practice squad and then re-signed they, him? He was on the active roster. They released him from the active roster and re-signed him back to the active roster. Interesting. Well, we don't have time to get into that, and I don't even want to begin to unpeel what's going on in Chicago. Look, we could do an entire podcast on Nate Peterman, and we would not get one listener because Nate Peterman already knows what's going on in his life. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was an interesting uh, game-watching experience on Sunday Yeah, because you had plans all week to do something to watch the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You invited me. I appreciate it, but that sounded awful. Okay. Uh, But in the last minute, because of a weather change, everyone ended up here at my house. And uh, Party Central. Oh, boy, was it. Some beers got opened. Sure did. Some beers got drunken. Things got a little out of control. And it leads us to a study that showed up about Bills fans that is surprising and not surprising all at the same time. <laughs> awesome. we'll, get, we'll get into it. Let's go download the Odyssey app where we get your podcast. that are just part of the Bills game day experience. Hugs, high fives, uh, all those things, and alcohol. 
Lot, sometimes. Sometimes. A lot of alcohol. Look, I got the numbers to back it up that alcohol is a major part of uh, a Bills game day experience. What? Was it your deposit slip that you got from Wegmans after you returned all your empties? So we are going to talk about that. No, but this is an actual statistical study, Ryan. Okay. Uh, it's Let's Go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. He is Ryan Duffy. Hello. I'm Pat Duffy. Uh, in just a little while, uh, we're going to find out what is making Ryan sad. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what would be making you sad right now. Mm. Uh, I'm also going to tell you what's making me sad. What's up? Well, last season, I got upset about uh, bandwagon Bills fans, Fairweather fans. Mm-hmm. And you said I was gatekeeping. Yeah. And there's a development that's been happening at Highmark Stadium. It's mm. going to span the rest of this season. And it is the reason why Fairweather fans are the absolute worst. I hope it's actual gates to keep naked people from getting into the construction site of the new... No, they had, uh, a, they had a gate that didn't work. I just hopped it. Okay. Uh, we'll get into that in just a little while here. Let's go Duffalo on the Odyssey app where we get your podcast. So uh, there is a study that was put out of the drinkingest NFL fans based Ooh. on team. Ooh, studies. Football and academia. My two worlds collide. The least shocking conclusion to this study. Uh, Bills fans drink the most of any fan fan base on game day across the NFL. Awesome, but also sweet. <laughs> I mean, are you ashamed at all? Am I ashamed? Yeah. No. You're not? No. Okay. Why would I be ashamed? No, I don't know. I'm asking. I mean, I'm not a huge drinker, but no, I'm not ashamed. Not I'm actually, huge... no, I'm not like, why would I be ashamed? Okay. No, I don't we know. We know how to have a good time. Because like, you get weird about this stuff sometimes where you're like, hey, I'm like an adult now, guys. So I'm like maturing and I talk like this. Never talk like that once. I'm a dad, so I'm not going to drink as much. Are you kidding me? I'm a dad, so I want to drink more. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, because I also have to take care of my kids the next morning. Oh, be responsible. My body doesn't react to alcohol the way that it did when I was younger. Okay, so they break it down, Ryan. Uh, how many beers on average a Bills fan has every game day? All right. Can you guess? Uh, this is just uh, John Q. Bills fan. Yes. Right? Average Bills fan. So not in the state. Or, so we're talking like. This is game ex- day average Bills fan. Oh, man. Um, five. Five. The Bills fans lead the NFL mm-hmm. with an average of 3.2 drinks consumed per game day. They lead the NFL that's with what three I, that's drinks. What I said, I'm with you, man. Like, so now I'm super not. I'm actually ashamed that it's not higher. Like, how does this? How do the seventy thousand people at the stadium not bring that average up by five beers? Seriously, how do you have three beers? I guess if you're if you're taking all of the people that just don't drink, which okay, sure, that's got to that's going to skew your sample a bit. No, but no, it was people of people that drink. The average was three point two. Interesting. So that brings us back to uh, what happened here on Sunday. Now, Ryan, Mm -hmm. uh, you are trying to indoctrinate your children into Bill's Mafia. Trying is, uh, we're past trying. We're we're in the maintenance phase. Okay. All right. So your plan for this past Sunday was? Yes. So we were going to have all of our friends over for like a nice little outdoor tailgate. The weather... Uh, earlier in the week looked like it was going to be great, you know, just kind of like, you know, high 60s, low 70s, no rain, nothing like that. Thank you for doing the weather. Are you getting that old? Are what? you becoming that suburban It's going to be perfect for like, and, and I should weather say Weather was going to be good, weather wasn't good. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but that's important because, you know, I have kids, our friends have kids, and like we're going to have everybody over and have like a nice fun outdoor tailgate for the kids. Okay, so let's pause the story right there. Sure. Um, you, being the nice guy that you are. Oh, thanks, Pat. In the middle of the week said, hey... You know, I'm having this tailgate. It's going to be a bunch of kids. We're going to watch the game outside. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come over? 
and uh, I told you, there is no worse a game-watching situation I could imagine than what you are describing. Interesting. Because, funny, not to not to bury the lead a little bit, but you kind of ended up there. What are you talking about? I, I, for everything that unfolded on Sunday, that's literally probably oh, worse oh, than well, what would have happened. Okay, but here's the thing. Like, uh, the way everything worked out, the people that I was with in the basement, I enjoy being around. So you're saying you don't like my friends? Uh, no, that, yes, it's exactly what I'm saying. Not very nice. Look, it's not that I don't like your friends. We've talked about this on the podcast before. There are certain people I can watch a Bills game with okay. and not freak out. Okay. And not because I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to look someone in the face and be like, You? You wouldn't be rude. Not to a stranger. I'm not going to have, like, if we're at your house and one of your friends is, like, talking to me while the game is on, Uh I'm not going to be like, Hey, pal, shut up. (laughs) Or if, like, one of their kids is, like, running past, like, the screen or, like, standing, You want to see my dance? I got to be like, Yeah, I want to see your dance, but really, I want to. Why don't you want to see the dance? I want to pick that kid up and, like, turn them to the right and then just put them down. Well, that's a rookie mistake because the second you do that, they're going to want you to do it over and over and over again. Not to mention this going to be just like a bunch of cheesy goober jokes like about <laughs> my life is cheesy goober jokes and that's why i only spend minimal amount of time with you okay well i'm just saying yeah we were gonna have an outdoor tailgate it was gonna be a fun time that sounds horrible and whose um, idea was that by the way my, my my wife and i all right i was very excited i'm still we're gonna reschedule it we but we had to cancel it on on i think if it wasn't the night before that morning yeah so it was absolute last minute yeah like we're like we didn't want to risk it with the rain it's all young kids and like our house just flat out isn't large enough to to accommodate everyone coming in all right so, so all of a sudden you and your wife and your kids are coming to my house yep call and, you up on the hotline pat we're coming over and then here comes our other sister megan mm-hmm. she's bringing her kids over her ding, two ding, kids ding, 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 okay, ding, right? ding, ding. and then our other sister katie she somehow finds out about it the bad signal goes off she just shows up she and her son <laughs> she showed up twice unannounced somehow in a single game so now all of a sudden the basement is just loaded with our family and our kids and it's a blast uh-huh. it's awesome that's a good time um but here's what happened so I have a beer fridge in the basement. Sure. And uh, I got after it by accident. As degenerates do. Okay, first of all, I've seen you drink on game day. Let's not be saying degenerates. Listen, anyway. I got a plan. I listen and I pay very close attention to all the New York State transportation signs on the throughway that say have a plan. And I have a plan. No, I mean. I, you're driving me home. I was, yeah, that's, which is fine. I was at home. You're I in ha- the comfort of your own home. Okay. You do you. So, my wife got 12 bottles of blue, mm. which I don't know why she got bottles, because it's a can fridge. Yeah. So, I'm like, I'm going to have, like, one or two watching the game. Sure. And then, like, it was just such chaos downstairs, and everyone was having such a good time, and they started going down so smooth, and it got really hot in the basement. Mm-hmm. Before, you found yourself more thirsty. Before, Ryan, I didn't even realize, I drank 10 beers, and I didn't even realize it. Oh, my God, you're so cool. No, I'm not trying to be oh so cool, guys. Like 10 of them. It's not good to drink 10 beers in three hours in front of your kids. Well, and you're, your three, and you're nephews. three times the national average, according to whatever study you were talking about. Okay, And that's why this number is so shocking is because I wasn't even trying to drink the beers and I drank all the beers. Yeah, that sounds like a personal problem. Okay. But like, here's the thing. Like the bills were doing so good. Mm-hmm. I just kept drinking. Yeah. And it wasn't like a superstition thing. It was just like everyone was having so much fun. Like I was just like, I didn't even realize I was drinking all that beer. Listen, I can empathize. I'm sure everyone listening can too. Or sometimes it just gets away from you a little bit. You get caught up in the moment and, you know, things just happen organically. I would say that that get together in in general was very organic to where like what it's like lightning in a bottle. Where like everyone starts showing up and you're drinking and everyone's having a good time. And next thing you know, you're 
jumping on top of me, riding me like uh, a donkey. Put, uh, put, put, a, put a pit at that because we're going to get there. Do you have a limit for drinks on a game day when your kids are not around? Um, so let's say you're in a place you're not driving. Someone's giving you a ride home. Do you put a solid limit on the amount of beers you will have? Yeah. What is it? My um, A solid limit is is probably around five, maybe six. I've watched you drink more than five beers in front of me. Yeah, but since when? Uh, last season, going into the Bengals game? Okay, that's different. Like, no, no, oh, also, the week before that, going into the Dolphins game. No, but hang on a second. All right, so if you're talking, there's these are different circumstances. If you are in in the parking lot, like okay. walking around, like yeah, I could probably get over the course of what six to eight to ten hours. Okay, so you're saying at home it's five. At home, maximum five. It's five. I, I had a very bad experience one time when I went over that. What happened? Um, so this was the Monday night football game against the Jets. It was this was a couple of years, and this is probably like twenty seventeen. So maybe? Josh's first year, year before. Uh, oh, it was the maybe, Derek Anderson game, was it? Yeah, against the. I, I, think, I, I don't recall who it was, but um, it was a Monday night football game. It was Halloween, right around Halloween. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the Derek Anderson game. Um, so I was at home by myself watching the game drank way too much in the same like excitement of like the the butterflies are going and like before i knew it it was just way too late and i'm thinking like i'm in my own house like who cares no big deal whatever i woke up the next morning so ridiculously hungover that i had to call into work wait you called it hungover oh it gets better i called into work after the Bills lost, by the way, too, and I worked with a guy who was a big Jets fan, and it was very much like a, we know why you're calling in, but and the answer was yeah. So I call, I'm way too hungover, I call in, but my wife's car needed to have work done, so I had to drive her to the mechanic, and then I was going to drive her to work and then drive home. We get to the mechanic, and I tell her, I can't drive to your, she worked like in Henrietta, so like my, a while away, and I'm like, I gotta go home, and you're just gonna have to take my car. She's shotgun. I'm driving. We pull onto our street and I'm starting to get the saliva oh, in, no. in my mouth. Oh, like, no. The hot saliva. Like, this is this is going to happen. Hot saliva coming it's, through. It's happening. And and I'm I'm so close to my house that, like, I'm just like, I, I like at first I'm like, I can make it to the bathroom. And then 10 seconds later, I'm like, I think I can make it to the driveway. And then before I knew it, I pull in, I put the car in park and my wife turns to me. She goes, you OK? And as I go to say, yeah, I throw up all over my dashboard, (laughs) all over it. I have never seen my wife move faster. She jumped out of the car. Like, I think her seatbelt was still, I don't know how she got out. And I remember sitting there literally in my own sick and thinking, thinking and probably saying out loud, how did that just happen? Like, I was so close, like, in complete disbelief. I made it. I was in the driveway. The car was in park. Oh, it's brilliant. The car was in park. Like, I couldn't have gotten closer. So that's why I don't drink too much on uh, game days. And that's why I've I've learned to, you know, understand my limits a bit. But it is funny, like, the difference we see, uh, like, as Bills fans, how we feel about drinking at the stadium versus drinking at home. Mm -hmm. Because I'm with you. Like, after I drank all those beers, like, I knew as soon as that game was over, like, I've made a terrible mistake. And I was so hungover this morning on the air. Like, to the point where I apologized to everybody in the break room for what you had to listen to. All 16 of them. But when I'm at the stadium... There is no limit 
The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. Oh, but I mean, you're you're. It's a different environment, you know. Like it's you, no, not only. Why, why does it not physically affect us there the way it physically affects us drinking at home? I think. I mean, well, just, like a tear of the universe. Well, just physically speaking, I mean, like you're moving around, you're yeah, walking, you know, you're burning off some of that stuff. Um, but but also, and what you just sitting on your couch, standing up sometimes and clapping, and then sitting back down. I was like, getting pretty physical jumping around yesterday. But it's funny, like I guess you know, you you drink the way you see people drink. You're you're raised to drink a certain way, and like the way we were raised in that parking lot, there were like three rules when it came to beers. One, you drank until the beers weren't there anymore. Two, you always made sure you brought enough beers for everybody who could possibly wander over at any time. Which completely contradicts rule one. But somehow Dad might have <laughs> to nail both of those. Like, it was weird because, like, you know, we've talked on the show. If, you, if you're a longtime listener to the Let's Go Duffalo podcast, our dad would go to Sam's Club the night before Bill's games. And he would load up on all of the food. And we, you know, we've talked about how we ate better in the parking lot than we did in our own house. And that's not an exaggeration. Eight-pound bag of peanut m and <laughs> But dad would buy, he would buy two thirty racks of blue. Yeah. And he would bring 60 beers to the game. Yeah. Now, he had six season tickets. Mm -hmm. And so that meant everybody got 10 beers. Everyone start start drinking. You got to hit your quota. Everybody gets 10 beers. I would hand them out right from the get-go if I were him. These are yours. We're not going in until they're gone. But by the way, that's if everybody was of drinking age, because there were times where you and I would go as kids, so sometimes everybody got 15 beers. Finish up your beer. You can't get your hot dog. <laughs> so rule one, you drink the beers till they're not beer anymore. Rule two, you had enough beer for everybody. And rule three, you always drank friendly. If you weren't a friendly drunk, you weren't getting drunk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's one good thing about growing up in that parking lot is everyone was like a friendly drunk. And that's that's one thing. Which I is mean, the saddest childhood sentence I just realized I've ever Everyone uttered. was a friendly drunk. <laughs> well, when you're in it, like, I would much rather be with a friendly drunk than one who's, you know, got a hair trigger. No, I understand. It's funny because, like, everyone that we knew growing up, like, you know, all of our dad's friends were so friendly drunks like when i remember seeing movies of like you know like the angry drunk he mm -hmm. smashes a bottle he's wearing like the white tank top go home ted i thought that was like a fake thing like they were just making i didn't realize that as i got older like oh people are actually like that yeah i mean that's some people are like that man sucks do you drink more when the bills are winning or losing um i would probably say more when they're winning same isn't that's weird yeah. right i mean at, th at that point it's you know i'm part of the team you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm following the peer pressure of like, let's keep this train moving. No, but it does. I think at one point on Sunday, I said, this is the best day of my life. It was a great and I got day. kids, <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like everybody else, all other bills fans drink more when they're losing. Like when they start to, when the game starts to go south, I don't want to drink anymore. I mean, I'm with you. And I think that that might be the difference between us and some other people. But here's the, there's another big difference between us and some other people. And that is when we start drinking and the bills are on. Something stupid will always happen. Generally speaking. All right. So, for example, on Sunday, uh, you were lying on your stomach for some reason watching the game. Well, n no, you're missing some context. Okay, go ahead. I was sitting on the. I was sitting on the floor. Okay. You know, I. I don't think you had planned for everyone that came over. Oh my God, the couch is big enough for everybody. You're just being weird. sure. If you want to be, you know, like in a sausage casing, but like I need a little bit. You of mean space. like that shirt you're wearing? <laughs> God. Um, yeah, no, I was just sitting comfortably on the floor. No big deal. I had a great vantage point of the game. And next thing I know, AJ Epinesa is climbing the ladder, not even really, to uh, to pick off Sam Howell, takes it back to the house, and I'm on the floor. I'm like, I thought about doing that, like, uh, Three Stooges, like, whoop, 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 whoop. 
But then I just decided to uh, do the WWE ref, uh, you know, count. And next thing I knew, like, you were uh, on top of me. Well, I had gotten up to high-five you and jump up and down because I assumed you were going to stand up. But you went flat. And at that point, I was, I'm like, I had to ride you like a donkey. Sure. So if you follow me on Instagram at Duffy on WCMF, you saw uh, Ryan being ridden like a donkey. Both of us in Zubaz pants. Not planned, by the way. No. You and your donkey. That was organic, too. Yep, that just happened. Lightning in a bottle. I can't say it enough. But, like, the the picture is funny because, like, you've just accepted. uh, You weren't happy about the the donkey riding. I mean, who is? And, like, your wife thought it was great to the point where she started taking pictures. She took the picture. And, like, you got... I I could sense your... uh, anger in the pictures being taken the anger i don't know the guys a look on your face you're just looking down in shame like how did yeah, i, get I think to this it's point? more of i think it's more regret than anger but like if, if you, he gets a hold of you it's best you just let him go <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing man like if we as we go our drinking with the bills make us do really stupid things not from the legal or violent thing you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying yeah yeah so like I ride you like a mechanical bull on Sunday. Sure. Uh, there was the bang- mechanical bull is a way better uh, descriptor than a donkey. You said donkey. Let's first. go with that. You said donkey. Uh, I end uh, where were the Bengals game in the parking lot. You got so drunk you did karaoke. Yeah. What song were you singing again? I was singing Def Leppard's Photograph. You were doing Maybe. Uh There was that year you got so drunk that we talked you into buying women's Zubaz leggings that you then put on with your boots. and then Talking, t- you didn't talk me into anything. I, I bought a, them for I you. made a contract. Oh, you purchased them and I put them on. Yep. And then you proceeded to take pictures with every woman in the parking lot for the next 20 minutes. I didn't ask. They were lining up. It's- and that woman sold so many leggings. I also do remember one time that, um, and I think about this fondly, and I don't know who this person is, and I want to find them. I remember being in the uh, parking lot once with you and then uh, two other guys who you knew, and I don't know how, but we just kept saying, get a job, you terrorist. I do remember that. Over and over and over. Yep. And I want to know who that person is because I remember that day so fondly. Yeah, that's a deep inside joke. That's a de- well, I don't even know well hopefully happened. that person's listening Probably so that not. like now we can finally like confirm it. So the funniest thing about this study is they rank what drinks are most popular for football fans on game day. Mm-hmm. And beer is number one by a large margin. Can you guess what the second most popular alcoholic beverage was? I I mean I I think I know the answer, but I mean it's got to be like seltzers, like white claws, no, right? No, I really. Think they may, I think they may include that in beer because I didn't see oh. seltzer show up on the list. I mean, then what? Like then like liquor? Yep. But a certain kind of liquor? Yep. Um, it's whiskey. Oh, okay. Whiskey. I was, is, it was either going to be that or vodka. Dear Lord, man. Yep. How would you drink whiskey on a game day and not die? I I. No idea. Like, you can't tell me you're sipping on Johnny Walker neat. No. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine. Two fingers, please, Ted. Like, how much disaster artist situation would it be for you and I if we opened up a bottle of whiskey? Because that thing would be gone by the time we were out of that parking lot. I mean, maybe for you. I don't drink whiskey. But, but okay, here's that you take one or two, and then all of a sudden it's like we're having a good time. Yeah, I mean, then the, yeah, the wheels kind of, the wheels could fall off. Oh, yeah. God, No. no. So the moral of the story, don't drink 10 beers in your basement when your brother surprises you and then invites the rest of your family over to spend time in your basement. Or do it all over again. It took a beating last year, Ryan. 
You sure did. You wanted to attack. You accused me of gatekeeping, and you said that everyone should be welcome into Bill's Mafia. Mm-hmm. And that's all well and good until the negative consequences start to show up. Uh-oh. Because we're already starting to see the fickle nature of Fairweather Bills fans this season. And now it's going to have legitimate financial implications on Bills fans that have been around for decades. Ruh-roh. I'll explain everything. We're going to find out what's making Ryan sad. We'll do it next. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app. Get your podcast. ever again when it comes to takes on Bills fans. Oh, yeah? Because I tried to tell you last year that this was going to be a problem. Okay. That Bills fans that were showing up that were brand new were going to cause all kinds of issues for Bills fans that have been here for decades, and now we're starting to see the serious financial penalties right. that have occurred. And they're taking all our jobs, too, Pat. So let's go, Duffalo, the Odyssey app, where we get your podcast. We'll get to that in just one second. Uh, but it is that time of the show again Ooh. where we are going to find out what is making Ryan sad. If I'm being honest, I'm a little sad that you didn't do your own played out joke that I never have. Anymore. You mean the thing you bitch about every week? Yeah. Okay, great. What's making you sad? Just get, I just get used to it. So now what's what is and make, I'm a creature of What habit. is making you sad? Well, it pains me to say what I'm about to say, especially after such a dominant win over the Washington Commanders. But after watching that afternoon game, after the Bills beat the Commanders in such dominant fashion. You talking about the Chiefs Bears? I am talking about the Chiefs Bears. Okay. What did I do to Taylor Swift for her to show no interest in all of the letters that I have sent to her over the years? Hmm. Uh, It could be your personality. could be the way you look. could be the way you dress. could be the way you speak. could Hmm. be the fact that you uh, never have anything. What's making Ryan sad? You could stop. What's making me irritated and sad is that... Yeah, please, hit it. Continue. Hit it. Because, you know, going through the audio twice before we get to what's making you sad is probably good for uh, time spent listening. But (laughs) continue. Continue. The fact that Travis Kelsey jerseys are up 400% (laughs) in sales after Taylor Swift makes one appearance at a Chiefs game makes me kind of sad. I can't wait to see in Kansas City the amount of Swift name on the back number one jerseys that are going to be sold. So did you say, look, man... The NFL is dominant. Sure. They own a day of the week, Mm -hmm. right? Their championship game is a legitimate national holiday. Yep. And somehow, that woman in Taylor Swift is so globally famous that her just showing up at that game took all the attention away from the rest of the NFL slate. My wife has sent me several TikToks of people explaining... Like, I'm assuming, like, influencers that are Swifties mm-hmm. explaining what football is. Yeah. And explaining who Travis Kelsey is mm-hmm. and, like, why you should cheer for, you know, him or, like, what the game is. Which, don't get me wrong, like, I'm sure you're going to get into it and why it's a bad thing. I think the more people you get exposed to the game for whatever the reason is, is fine. And I also think, too, that based off of, you know, how. Um, you know, relationships in the in the public eye tend to go like unfold. Mm-hmm. There's a potential for this to kind of blow up in Travis Kelsey's face. I'm not hoping for that in any in any sense, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, no, it seems like a lot of undue pressure. And uh, 
But but nevertheless, it's just sad that his jersey sales are up that high over no. something. I, I'm fine with that. It's fun, right? Like it's I, I don't see any of these like Swifties that have ne- have to be have to have the rules of football explained to them in their 20s, being like, now I'm a diehard football fan. I, I guess maybe that like that doesn't make me sad, but I guess like that's like a foreign thing to me that like. You're telling me, with, with all of your points, the NFL owning a day of the week and the national holiday for the Super Bowl, all that jazz. They're about to play five international games that sold out in 15 seconds. Right. That it, it blows my mind that there is a population of people that just have no clue what American football is. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But then again, I mean, Taylor Swift uh, is the hottest celebrity on the planet right she, now. Yeah, she's pretty good looking. Her, I meant popularity I know what you wise. meant. Did yeah. you? You creep. Um, she's selling out. Stay okay. Let me, let, I'm gonna. Sierra's tour, baby. I'm gonna give you a statistic that is jaw dropping. How many tackles does she have on Sunday? <laughs> She's playing. She announced an ex- extension to her tour. Oh, so next Thanksgiving she will be performing in Toronto a bunch of shows. Oh, fun! We've there, been to Toronto. There was a lottery uh, to try and get tickets. Mm. The population of Canada is yeah. 40 million people. Okay. 10 million people entered the lottery to get Taylor Swift tickets for these shows in Toronto. So a quarter of the national population. Of the country of Canada mm-hmm. jumped into this lottery to get Taylor Swift tickets. So, look, I I, I have two little girls, so I kind of know about Taylor sure, Swift stuff. But, sure. like, most of it's completely foreign to me. And I'm sure if you went to a Swifty who lives and breathes Taylor Swift, they would look at us and, like, how do you not have any idea? Because she is arguably the most powerful woman in the world right now. I wouldn't doubt that. And I don't have any background on taylor swift yeah the only reason i know that stat is because when we do the break room on wcmf in the morning like when she was coming doing that first run of her tour dads were panicking when they realized it was going to cost a thousand dollars a ticket to get their daughters (laughs) into pittsburgh and the meadowlands and places like that i mean i've heard nothing but good things about that show like i heard that i know several people that have seen her and have said that that show is like the like fantastic look i can appreciate someone that goes up on stage and gives you everything and she performs for three hours yeah, dead on. Like that's impressive. Totally in heels. Right. Damn. There was that one in uh, what was it in Foxborough or maybe, started pouring. Yeah, and like and then came back the next night and did it too. Like and she was still waterlogged. <laughs> so here's what I want to know because as we're talking about celebrity girlfriends here, you know Travis Kelsey. It seems he is now dating Taylor Swift. She's with his mom in the suite. That's a big step. That's a big step. It's a big step. Although I did see reading lips, I saw that she yelled the F word right next to your boyfriend's mom. Ooh, not great, Taylor. Yeah. She's, Assuming that's the first time you guys have met. She's a billionaire, I'm sure. She hey, you know, I don't think she's good for you. <laughs> uh, also, it's Travis Kelsey. He's one of the dumbest men on the planet. You don't think he drops F bombs in front of his mom? Uh, How is I don't think Travis Kelsey is dumb. I think No, he Travis gives, Kelsey is without question he dumb. Gi- he gives off He that. went to the White House with the Chiefs, and he tried to grab the microphone, and his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, grabbed the mic out of his hand, knowing he was going to say something dumb. I just don't think he has the best, like, internal governor. That but, makes you dumb. Mm, okay. Listen, as All a right. dumb man, I can tell you what makes you dumb, that he's a dumb man. <laughs> but, I mean, like, he's not the only one with a celebrity girlfriend. I mean, Josh is dating actress Haley Steinfeld, yep. according to rumors. She was in uh, his suite with his parents, their op- our opening game here I in Buffalo. I love True Grit. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. Do you think Taylor Swift could cover Haley Steinfeld on a five-yard up-and-in route across the middle of the field? Who's on offense? Who's under- Wait, you're Haley think- Steinfeld is your uh, slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift is playing middle linebacker. Now, let's keep in mind here. I believe Taylor Swift is taller and longer. Yeah. 
Uh, Haley, uh, what name, what's her name? Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. Uh, she looks like she's going to be lower to the ground and she might be more agile. Yeah. Is it a situation where Taylor just covers too much ground? No, I think that, I think you got to give that to the receiver all day. So you think that Haley Steinfeld could put a foot in the ground, turn. Oh, and most, like most be able to get a yard or two separation. Most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Let's line them up. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I mean, look, it takes a lot. You have to be pretty athletic to perform the way that Taylor Swift does. Totally. Yeah. So that kind of, like, leans me towards maybe she would be one of those, like, sneaky. She'd be a Terrell Bernard type where, like, you don't expect much out of her. And then all of a sudden she's just making splash plays all over the place. But I also see, you know, I don't discredit, don't sleep on Haley Steinfeld's uh, uh, hands. And uh, and agility. I mean, she's a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's been in Hollywood for quite some time. I'm sure she's had some very demanding roles. Doesn't she have tiny hands, though? I mean, she's a short person, right? Who knows? Well, I saw her next to Josh, but that's kind of hard to judge. Right, he's she, got, he's like, five. mammoth hands. No, I didn't mean they were holding hands up against each other like they were gorillas in the mist. I meant, like, he's tall and she's short, so it's hard to judge. Can you do me a favor? Google how tall Haley Steinfeld is, and I'm going to Google how tall Taylor Swift is, and we're once and for all going to figure out who wins on an up and in across the middle of the field here. Haley and I don't even know why. Steinfeld. I don't even know why. I think that Haley Steinfeld is agile. She just like she has that Mike or Michael Cole Beasley kind of body to her, and I, that sounded bad. Okay, Taylor Swift height. I'm ready when you are. Uh, you give me that one. You want me to tell you? Yeah, she's five eight. Okay, Taylor according Sh- to Google, Taylor Swift <laughs> is five eleven. Okay, so it's not that much of a difference. No. Two inch difference, and you know sometimes it can be different in the arms. Sure, you know I'm six foot two, but I got the uh, reach of a six foot nine man. Oh, totally. Thank you, Michael Phelps. I think the uh, I think you have to go with the offense on that one. They know the play call. They know how to get open. Okay, that's fair. I'm not going to say I told you so. Oh, please, then then don't. But I'm going to. Ah, okay. So, um, Bills ticket prices right now. Well, for the first couple of weeks, have been all over the place. Mm-hmm. So after that single opening night loss to the Jets, tickets for the home opener, prices on the secondary market, plummeted. Mm. Plummeted. Oh, bummer. To the point where you could get in the door for $100, which is more than face value. But, Ryan, it's a quarter of what the first four games cost last year. Yeah. And I blame that on bandwagon Bills fans. Really? Yes. Huh. How? How? If it's not bandwagon Bills fans deciding they were out on this team after that Jets loss, did they plummet so fast so far? Yeah, I guess that that could be the case, you know. But I also think, and and I'm trying to think through my argument here. You don't have an argument. Well, I well, just looking at the equation. The prices are going to be lower because the demand, obviously the demand is lower and the supply is way higher. Uh, Oh, but here's the thing. The demand should be higher because not only is it the Bills home opener, Mm -hmm. not only is this team, they were one of the favorites for the Super Bowl again this year, even after that loss to the Jets on opening night. Mm -hmm. You were playing a team in the Raiders who have a fan base in every American city and they buy tickets. Like that should have been one of the hottest tickets of the season. And I think too, like all things considered, there was a really great potential for the Bills as they did. Um, you know, open it up against a, a air quote inferior opponent. Yeah, but see, here's the thing: as a guy who's watched the Bills for 30 years, mm-hmm. you know that. Yeah, uh, that's something a Fairweather fan would not understand. Bills mm. so What happened to Josh? Maybe we should explore. When we get a draft for trade. So, for so are you saying from you know, let's say Monday at uh, Monday the night of the Monday Night Football game at like five o'clock? Mm-hmm. 
the ticket prices were cut, considerably cut higher. Get in the door price was around two hundred dollars. Uh, the next morning it was around one hundred. Interesting. Yeah. No. I mean, I that smells like fair weather fan. But I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. Oh, but. here's where it gets more interesting, Ryan. Now that the Bills have won two straight games and Miami is coming to town on Sunday, mm-hmm. tickets have shot up once again. Look at that. The get-in-the-door price for this Dolphins game on Sunday, secondary market, is between $260 and $300. That's for the worst seat in the house. Damn. How does that not make you hate Fairweather Bills fans right now? Mm, yeah. I don't know about Fairweather fans. I don't appreciate opportunistic um, you know, resellers, you know? So I, mean, I agree with you. Scalpers suck. It's terrible. Yeah. Whether or not that is like, whether or not all of those people, like the price goes down because a whole ton of like legitimate bills fans are like, I'm not going to this game or like whatever the case. Mm-hmm. Or if it is just people trying to take advantage of, of like pricing something either competitively or, or right, it's, it's, I don't it's, know. It's very man. simple. It's very simple. If people pay it, that's what the price to get in will be. Of course. So when the Fairweather Bills fans who have a bunch of money who just want to be attached to a winner, you know, folks that live out in Pittsburgh, if you live in the greater Rochester area, <laughs> if all of a sudden they decide, well, I like the Bills, I'm willing to spend $300 to get in, that's what the price is going to be. When those people go, oh, no, actually, I'm going to go to my son Gavin's polo match this weekend instead of going to the Bills because they should trade Josh Allen because they had a bad game against our jobs. Do you know anybody who lives in Pittsburgh? My co-host lives in Pittsburgh. Okay, there's one. I'm just saying, you see, like, it seems to be a common theme for you. The bottom line is this. Ticket prices on the secondary market are swinging hundreds of dollars based on wins, single wins and single losses. Mm -hmm. And that is keeping Bills fans who have been there for years out of the stadium due to those inflated prices. Yep. That is definitely unfortunate. And I that, mean, yeah. But that's what happens when these fair weather fans show up. And you yelled at me last season, man. I said that it made me uncomfortable. You accused me of gatekeeping, Bills fandom. Everybody should be welcome. Everyone should be enjoyed. Well, now, now, guys like you. Guys like me. Okay, let me put it this way. Could you could you afford 100 bucks to get into a Bills game? $100 to get in? Yeah. Could you afford 500 No. Okay, so that's my point. Like, if you wanted to go to a game... And these Fairweather fans decide they're back in. Well, now you can't go because you can't afford to go to the game. Or there's just a, a higher demand for that particular game. I mean, this weekend's game is going to be an absolute, like, is slated to be a fantastic matchup. If the Bills had dropped one of the last two games, those tickets would not be that expensive. <sighs> if the Bills had won that opener against the Jets, tickets opening day would have been 300 bucks to get in the door. It is mm. all about Fairweather fans and the money they're willing to spend to get into that door. I mean, I can't prove you wrong. It just doesn't. It doesn't smell right. To me. What, what? What? What's the difference? What? What other difference could there be? What other variable? Because look, man, Bills fans. Even when the Bills were in that drought and they were bad, they were selling out the majority of games every year. I mean, I can attest, man. I was there with fifty, sixty thousand other people when Tim Tebow and the Broncos came to town. Both teams out of the playoffs. Snowstorm hits. This game means absolutely nothing, and folks were there cheering because they could get face value tickets to get in. Face value? My no way. Like people were paying. Like what? Like every single year, there was always that like story run on like Fridays in Rochester of like, you can get into oh, the, yeah. to the stadium for $8. Like, like don't tell me that it's the same deal. It's because it's absolutely not. Okay. So you're telling me that blue collar diehard bills fans are now paying five times what they were paying four years ago, mm-hmm. as opposed to the new fans that showed up. And by the way, when the Fairweather fans show up, those more people in the market drive the prices up. So the more people that are there, whether or not they love the team, it's going to mean more money you're spending to get in. But, eh? I, I mean, 
I, I like I said, I don't have an argument to prove you wrong. It just I'm just not entirely convinced. So just lay down then. So then it brings up this question. You and I are gifted in the ways of ticket buying and selling based on the way that we were raised. Who's got them? Who go. needs them? I always found that funny that the guy who wants to sell me tickets also wants to buy tickets. Like you have tickets. Yeah, I don't understand. Like it solves itself here. Like he's got one sign that the one side of the sign says I need him. The other one says he's got him. Quick side. Make bar. up your mind, dude. Quick sidebar, because the NFL wants every dime possible. Sure. It is. It has been strange the last ten years because it was about a decade ago the NFL started moving towards uh, paperless tickets, mm-hmm. right? So now every ticket you get, unless you have like a super high end suite seat, is on your phone, which eliminates the ability for scalpers scalpers to sell them in the parking lot. Yep. And I have to be honest with you, one of my fondest memories as like a teenager moving into my early twenties because you brought up those games towards the end of the season where nobody cared. Yeah. Just go in Orchard Park. And finding a scalper. You're going to get in the door. Yeah, be like, yo, I got 20 bucks. Get me in it for, what can you give me for 20 bucks? Right. And then haggling. I really loved doing that. Yeah, that was I hated time. those guys, but I loved, like, where are we sitting today? Let's see what happens here. I love how, like, you know, just, especially in that position, you know, like, later in the season, and you're trying to get anything you can out of it. But this dude knows it's a losing argument, right? Like, I, I remember enjoying the look on their faces of, like, you know, I, I mean, these are, these are quality seats. They're going to cost you at least 50 bucks. I mean, I got to make something on this. It got to be 50 bucks. I mean, lowest I can go is 40. All right, give me 20. And like, just, <laughs> and like the like rolling of their eyes of like, whatever, white flag waving. Just take the tickets and leave. So when it comes to this season, then, if you are someone looking to get into a game, uh, you know, before the playoffs. Yeah. Knowing when to buy is going to be key. Sure. Because there could be hundreds of dollars of difference per ticket depending on what happens. Because the next game the Bills will play at home after this Dolphins game, Giants in prime time. Day Bowl comes back. Mm-hmm. You can it's get the Day Bowl. You can get in the door for that primetime matchup right now for $200. Okay. Around 200 bucks. Yep. You can bet your ass that if the Bills win this game on Sunday... Right after, those tickets' prices are going to shoot up. Going right to the moon. And then if they lose in uh, London, they're going right back down again. And that's going to happen all season long. So, the Bills are on an uptick right now, but they're not national darling upticks. Do you buy now, worry that they could go even higher, or do you wait to see if the Bills drop a game or two over the next four weeks, because if they do, those tickets later in the season are going to go down, 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 down. What yeah, I mean, I would say just my cautious nature, I would buy them now. Um, because, well, because I have a, uh, a vested interest in the success of the Bills. Okay. So I, I can uh, stomach a, what, in your example, a $200 purchase and then have the Bills like win until Sunday Night Football. So win the next two games. Like, yeah, I, I'm cool with that. But but also too like I I don't want to like hedge my bet again like not buy and hedge because like oh my price could go down if they lose like I don't want them to lose. No, so. I understand. But like think about this. Let's say today you decide I want to go to that primetime game and I want to get seats in the mid one hundred level mm-hmm. end zone, right? Yeah. So I'll spend three hundred fifty bucks a seat. Sure. Which is probably what you're looking at. Yeah. And the Bills lose that Dolphins game. And you go look the next day, and those tickets you bought for three hundred fifty the day before are now at two hundred. Hey man, that's uh, that's the market for you. That's a three hundred dollars swing, man. Sure, sure. You know the other thing that sucks. You know we brought up the scalping thing. Mm-hmm. I've got my bill season tickets, and I I hate no big deal. I hate selling them. Sure, like, you know there are totally. there's, there's a game or two every year. No, I don't. Like I would rather give them to a friend. It's weird. 
I would rather know the ass in my seat. Does that make sense? No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Right? Like, I would rather not. I would rather eat them. Like, because I feel You'd weird. You'd rather eat their ass. The tickets. It's an expression. I would rather give them away for no money. So out of curiosity one day, I was like messing around on the secondary app where you sell those tickets. Sure, sure. So they charge you like... 20 bucks a seat just to list them. to list them yeah, yeah no it's service fees man and then the service fees they get them on the back end yep. too so like they're making 40 dollars for me on one side like 100 bucks from these people on the other side mm-hmm. like we always hated these scalpers for years and years and years for making you know 15 20 bucks it's not about the it, the nfl just wants that piece of that action no but that's what's so funny is the nfl is making tickets on the money on the initial ticket sale yeah right then they're making money on me selling a, por- the a ticket, portion of it yeah and then they're making money on the person who's buying it like these scalpers that we villainized for years in the parking lot holding those signs like oh what a scumbag they're taking a fraction of what the nfl is taking from everybody welcome to corporate america my friend it's mind-blowing sure. and the thing is there's nothing you can do about it because the tickets are digital not if we keep silent i say we rise up what do you what see we go to what is it broadway what are they on broadway new york office what are you gonna do mr goodell hey it's ryan listen I think we need to bring back those uh, those people that we all know and love. Just they could be NFL employees for all I care. Just dress them like how I remember them in my youth. What like a jersey from like ten years before? It's got like brown stains across the oh, front yeah. of it, right? And he's got like one of those like uh, you know sandwich board uh, like over his shoulders, like uh, you know I got tickets or whatever. His sneakers are three sizes too big for some reason. Oh yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. strange scene. Uh-huh. How did they scalp the right? All right, it's that time, man. This is the game of the season so far. Woo! I mean, like, the swing that happens here, win or loss for both of these teams. Mm-hmm. Bills, Dolphins, 1 o'clock, Orchard Park on Sunday. We'll get into it next. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey Epic. Get podcast. win there's no must win week four no unless you're the Bengals. this game that's happening right now as we tape this and if you go on three uh, you're in trouble yeah but, but the swing the momentum that happens win or loss for both of these teams on sunday is absolutely insane being only the fourth week yeah it could be pretty uh yeah i mean it's still it's only week four but it could have a serious impact on the rest of your season thanks ryan it's let's go duffalo the odyssey app where we reach your podcast you just heard ryan running his mouth Fly ball, caught. My name is Pat Duffy. Okay, so it's it's as simple as this. If the Bills lose this game on Sunday against Miami, mm-hmm. they are two and two, mm-hmm. and they are zero and two in the division. Yeah, that's that one. That one would sting. Oh, okay, yes, but look, they were zero. They started zero and two in the division know. last year. They ended up winning the division. Everything was okay. I know uh, every year is in its own vacuum. So I'm saying it's not devastating, but sure. it's a problem. Yeah, here's how wild that swing is. You can go from 500 mm-hmm. and 0-2 in your division to 3-1 and and atop the AFC East. Yeah. All depending on what happens in this game on Sunday at home against the Dolphins. Yeah. No, for sure. That is insane. Well, I mean, it's early in the season. Okay, what do you expect? Ryan, it's the same thing with week one. Right. Well, no, week one, 0-1, you can swallow 0-1. Like, I wasn't worried at all after that Jets game. We talked about this sure. afterwards, right? Yeah. Like, it's 0-1, fine. 
to go from two games back and potentially third place in the AFC East week four Mm -hmm. to leading your division, having a half a game over the Dolphins with seeing them again and how everything's going to work out, that's huge right now. Yeah. yeah, There's no doubt about it. Anytime you could take the the lead in the division, obviously you want to jump on it. So Okay. All right. So let's talk about what the Dolphins did on Sunday. Are we allowed to, or is are we going to get uh, get arrested? Because that was there were several felonies on that field. Okay, so the Dolphins scored seventy points against the Broncos on Sunday. Seventy. Seventy points. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. Give me your thoughts right away. Go. Knee-jerk. Uh, my knee jerk reaction is that like I'm scared. Why? Because I think like any team that could put up 70 points on another team, maybe scared isn't the right word. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm cautious, I okay. guess. Can I say, Anxious. What, can I say something that nobody else has said, but is painfully obvious? Oh, you always do. Cause you're just so edgy. No, no, no. Like I'm not, it's not even an edgy thing. It's a pretty obvious. I say the things they don't want you to hear. No, it's pretty damn obvious. Like anybody who watches football, look, look, look all week. It's been about the 70 points. Most points scored since like 1940 something in the NFL. Sure. You know why that's the case? Because they're good? No, because most teams stop. <laughs> like, for example, there were three teams that could have scored 70 points this weekend. Yep. The Dolphins could have and did. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs could have absolutely hung 70 on yeah, the Bears they pulled, if they wanted they to. They pulled uh, Patrick Mahomes in, like, the third quarter. The Bills could have hung 70 on uh, the Commanders. The Commanders. Yeah. I mean, Josh got pulled with 10 minutes left. They took their foot off the gas in the second half, right? I mean, like, they started running the ball and playing control. I think it's easier to score 70 points than people. Look, it's insane because we've never seen it before. And maybe that's the wrong way. Maybe it's not easy to score 70 points in the NFL. But the fact is, if teams wanted to play the way that Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Dolphins, played on Sunday, you would see 70 points being scored on a semi-regular basis. Yeah, I guess. Is that a fair statement? Well, I mean, I also think you have to take into account that the, the Denver Broncos are not very good at what all. About the, the Denver Broncos were less dogs than the Bears were against the Chiefs. The Chiefs were doing whatever they wanted on Sunday. I think, too, like, and I don't know this stat. I'm curious if you do or not. Were there any passing touchdowns after, like, 40 yes. put up? Here's where it gets weird. Everyone's applauding Mike McDaniel. For what he did. Mm-hmm. And what I can't get over, and I'm saying this as a human, not a Dolphins hater. You have a quarterback that went unconscious and his hands locked up mm-hmm. on national television last season. Yeah. After you allowed him to play with an obvious concussion in the second half of that Bills game. And mm-hmm. you can say whatever you want on the back end, whatever. Everyone knew. Mm-hmm. You let him go play in that game the week after. He gets so hurt that he contemplates whether or not he wants to continue to play football. Yeah. And that same quarterback, you allow to throw touchdown passes in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. when you go up 55 to 10. Yeah. Explain that to me. Yeah, man. I think, um, I mean, I, I didn't really think of it like that. I was just more focused on like, holy moly, they put up 70 points and how bad could the, not even necessarily how good the Dolphins are, how bad the Broncos are to allow 70 points. Yeah, I'm with you. Like that's, that needs to be like talked about. And look, I'm not saying 70 isn't impressive. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I'm just saying like this, you know, it's like this uneclipsable feet, man. It's not, it's not. If you want to be a dick, there are teams that can score 70 points. I'm sure. And, 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 
that you make a good point that I'm sure there are teams that like, you know, if you don't call off the dogs, you could easily run up the score like that. And I also love too, like, oh, we didn't kick the field goal. We, we, want, we didn't want to embarrass them. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude, please. At that point, you may as well commit to it. Set the record, you know? So the other thing that bothers me mm-hmm. a little bit, and this is, again, coming from a human standpoint, Mike McDaniel seems to have a serious problem with protecting his players. Because you look at what we just mentioned with Tua last season. Yeah. Right? Uh, And then the fact that you allow him to stay in that game despite the fact that, look, he makes your offense go. Mm -hmm. Right? You saw what happened last year when you didn't have him. Mm -hmm. And by the way, he still went 8-5 and as a starter even when he was in there, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Why you would risk the success of your team, why you would risk the health of that man to prove some kind of point that I don't understand you're trying to prove makes zero sense to me, especially, especially, forget the human part of it, you're rolling into a divisional road game against the three-time division champs. What is keeping those people out there doing for you? Yeah, no, I. that's it, it's an interesting point, and I don't want to take away from, from the Dolphins' win on Sunday. Because like, yeah, they were worried. They, they're all going to tune in and make sure you don't take anything oh, away. But, but, well, I don't want to I don't want to diminish it and, and say, like, you know, that like, oh, it's not as impressive or whatever the case. But like, I, I get your point there. It almost seems like, um, that, that, yeah, like maybe Mike McDaniel doesn't help hold his players in the kind of like regard that some other coaches do. Like I, like I get Sean McDermott, uh, Mike Tomlin, um, you know, I, I would even say like, uh, Mike Vrabel, you know, and, and, and name several other coaches too. It almost seems like, it could be anybody, and they—they're for Mike McDaniel. They may just be pawns and like uh, accomplishing what it is he wants to accomplish. Look, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's every there are coaches. You will question the decision of training staff and coaches. Of like, course. Look, right as we tape this, the Bengals are playing. Joe Burrow's got this calf injury, and the big debate's been all week: should he play or should you let him get better? Mm-hmm. You can make the argument that not forcing him to sit down is a bad idea. Last season, when Josh Allen has that UCL injury, the elbow injury, which, by the way, is going to keep Shohei Otani from pitching all next season, yeah. and Josh played the next week with it, yeah. you can make the argument that not letting him sit a week or two, after, especially after the results that we saw, was not a great move by Sean McDermott. But the human brain... The brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if Josh takes a hit on that elbow and it debilitates his arm, he's going to be able to walk around and play with his kids. If Joe Burrow has a career-ending calf injury, yes, it's going to change the way he lives his life, but he has the richest contract in NFL history and he can still speak and feed himself. He won't himself. even need a calf. I mean, you look at, look, not to be that guy, but what we know about brain injuries now, Mm-hmm. And these NFL legends, Earl Campbell and Mike Webster and Daryl Talley has talked about CTE and how that's affected him. How you not only allow him to go back out there last season, but keep him in there as long as you did when it was completely unnecessary is something I cannot be like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Do we know when Tua came out of the game last week? It was he threw a touchdown uh, in the start of the fourth quarter. In the start of the fourth quarter. But they were up 48 to 10. The touchdown made it 55 to 10. I gotcha. And and uh, whoever the backup, or uh, Mike, Mike White. White. Mike White threw a touchdown. Speaking of protecting your players. <laughs> um, and then I think there were two other rushing touchdowns as well. Um, yeah, I mean, that could just be, you know, the offense, whoever was behind the, you know, behind under center was just cranking no matter who it was. Mm. I don't know, man. I, I, 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to make, I don't want to like accuse Mike McDaniel of being like, Oh, you know, you just don't care about your players or whatever the case. But like, I guess like it, he doesn't seem like the type that he seems like the type that like, he knows what he wants and he's going to go do it. And like, you know, you're, you're going to kind of go do it. I'm not explaining it the way that Look, I want not to, to sound cliche. Let's it's, it's, it's as simple as this. When people show you who they are, believe them. Mm. When people show you, this is what I am looking for. Say, okay. I got it. Yep. And look, he was a young coach last year. If we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe now he understands the severity of everything. But he was also an assistant. I mean, he was an offensive coordinator. You've been around this game long enough. You yeah. played the game in an yeah. Ivy League school. And arguably, too, he, um, as an assistant, I think you may have more insight directly into the player as opposed to, you know, a everyone, coordinator. Everyone knew Tua was concussed. When oh, no, but, I'm, but what I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm defending your point oh, gotcha. of, like, as a um, as an assistant, like, you know, if you're a quarterback's coach, linebacker's coach, whatever the case, like, when they're off the field, like, you're talking to those people directly in a capacity that the head coach or maybe coordinator may not directly. So I think, yeah. like, you know, you're, you're uh, having more of an engagement may see the, you know, darker side of, of big hits and stuff like that. All right, getting into the actual game. It is the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. WrestleMania three, the bills defense versus Miami's offense. And right now the bills are two and a half point favorites. So Vegas thinks this team, these two teams are exactly equal Mm -hmm. FPI. I believe that's what they call it. Has the dolphins a 51% chance of winning this game. Mm -hmm. So last season, the bills defense matched up very well with that Dolphins high powered offense. Yeah. The dolphins offense looks like it got better. Mm Mm-hmm. The Bills' defense looks like it got better. Sure did, but eh? I don't know how to handicap this thing on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know either. I, 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 yep, no clue. I'm just excited to watch what looks like it's going to be a really compelling game. Because, like, if you're worried about them throwing the ball all over the yard, going back to Terrell Bernard, who we talked about earlier, the new linebacker, he is built to cover speed yep i mean that's why you went and got that guy mm-hmm. that's why he that's why you have three linebackers that look exactly like him you were going to find somebody that could cover that was small that could make splash plays he is your guy yeah trey looks like he is back to what he was and the bills didn't have him yeah when they played miami that opening time right mm-hmm. you've got both your safety tandems back there yep the only thing that sucks is you're not going to have von miller to rush the passer but as we talked about earlier nine sacks without him last week but also too, like I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of sacks from the. Uh, I would say if 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 Miami sticks to what they've been doing best, I think you're going to see the ball come out super quick. But I also think it has though, to be there for the ball to come out. Uh, uh, to- totally fair, and I also think too, like you know, I, I'm okay with the ball getting out super quick because I think the Bills' defense shines best when you obviously have your player in front of you and nothing, like, not losing anything over the top. So my point is that, like, in the times where they do have to go deep or, like, you know, take a moonshot, I trust our pass rush to get home. We also have a lot of guys that can jump routes. We've seen that the last couple of weeks yeah. between your linebackers and your corners, man, and the safeties. I mean, get that ball out quick. Let mm-hmm. them time it out. And yeah. if you got to pump fake it, well, guess what? That's one more step that Greg Russo is coming at you with. Yeah. And how's the Dolphins' defense overall? I mean, all right, let's think. They, I mean, the Christian Bron- Wilkins. The Broncos hung twenty, but that was in a game where they gave up seventy. Yeah, all right. And I think one and one of them was a special teams touchdown. So, so along those lines, I guess here's. I mean, look, you gave up what thirty four to the Chargers, yep. something like that. And then uh, I think like ten or twelve to New England, right? That 15. was fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, wait, I can't remember. Okay. No, it was more than 15, because here's what's strange to me. Mm-hmm. So you hang 70, and you're the big story of the league. Great, good for you. Yep. The week before, 
you scored 24 on the Patriots, and the Patriots were driving in the fourth quarter to try and tie that game. Mm -hmm. So it was, what, 18 to 20? No, 16 to 24 was the final because they would have needed a two-point conversion if I remember correctly. Aren't you worried about teams having extra motivation to shut you down after that 70-point win or 70-point performance last weekend? Yeah, I think it puts a major target on your back. Because you didn't hang 70 on Belichick. No, you hung um, you hung 24. 24. 24-17 was the total. Okay, there. so that was the final. Yep. I mean, you were a possession away from losing the Patriots tying it up, and they were driving the field. Yep. If they don't chuck a ball backwards to an offensive lineman who came up <laughs> half a yard short of a first down. that was They should have given it to him. And also, too, I mean, you go down to the wire with the Chargers on top of that, too. Um, and I, w- I would like to say that, or I'd like to think that the Bills' defense is better than all three of the teams that they played up to this point. Yeah, but you could also make the argument on the other side that the Bills, the offenses Bills have played so far this season have been completely Fair putrid, enough. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Look, the Commanders are 2-0. and Sam Howell went for over 300 yards a week before he played Buffalo. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's in concussion protocol now, but he's a fine quarterback. Mm-hmm. I can't make any kind of excuse for Zach Wilson and the Jets. No, 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 no. Not no, great. No. I mean... I'm pretty confident with this game. It just it feels like when McDermott has complete control of this defense, he can do what he wants when he wants to do it. Yeah, I think it would be. I I think it's it could couldn't come at a better time like this level of like challenge and opportunity for both really all three sides of the ball. Um, if the if the teams are if the Dolphins and Bills are that evenly matched, it's really going to come down to something like a special teams player field position or well, you know something something along those lines that is going to separate the winner from the loser. I mean, it's what happened in that first game, right? The yeah. butt punt. I mean, both games, or I should say, all three games were decided by a field goal. Eight points, three games. Yeah, eight points, three games. So, like, I look at it this way: I know there are a lot of Bills fans nervous after seeing that seventy points. I know there are a lot of Bills fans that are scared watching nothing but highlights from the Dolphins. And look, it's I mean, it's fun. It's fast. It's whatever. Sure, yeah. The Bills are playing the perfect kind of football right now to beat Miami. I agree. Where that defense is stifling and you're going to give up plays. It happens, mm-hmm. right? But if you can control the ball, evenly distribute run versus pass, and Josh takes what they're willing to give him, the Bills win this game. I think so, too. I think that, like, and, and, and I think, not only just the outcome of the Bills Commanders game, but just how it unfolded. I don't think I, I wouldn't feel any more. I feel as comfortable as I possibly could with the way that Josh played and kept composure, mm-hmm. with the way that the defense played and kept composure mm-hmm. um, to to go up against this you know juggernaut of a, a Dolphins offense. I think we are absolutely in perfect prime position to. Um, you know, show the entire league what what we've got. All right, the Bills are two and a half point favorites right now. Do they win by a field goal? I think they're going to win by a field goal. Exactly a field goal. I think it's going to be three points, yeah. We're going to do that again. Yeah. What do you mean again? (sighs) I mean, like, I I enjoy the rivalry being back. Yeah. I don't enjoy having a pit in my stomach. Oh, God, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I really think it's going to come down to one of the, you know, whether it's someone making a mistake or someone making a play or or, you know, whatever the case, it's going to be a close game. There's no doubt about it. All right. Bills, Dolphins, 1 o'clock, live. Oh, I can throw up right now. From Orchard Park. <laughs> look, man, look, look, look. It's the fourth game of the season. Of it's course. not a must win. It's not a must win. We saw how everything went crazy last season. Mm-hmm. And again, you have one of your top three players that are still on injured reserve. You're yep. going to get Von Miller back. Somehow this defense is about to get even scarier. Also keep in mind, 
The offense is an ever-evolving thing. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. two wide receivers in Trent Shearfield and who's the other guy? Um, you do this to me. I know. Every I, well, because nobody's getting targets. He had his first catch of the season on Sunday. Why am I blanking? I right don't. Now? You do this to me every time. I literally said his name earlier today, oh, and I can't pass. remember. Oh, I know. Super cool. Yate Hardy. No, that's the yes. Thank you. I mean, those two guys are going to get more comfortable in that offense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, what is not happening now doesn't necessarily mean it won't be happening six, eight, ten weeks from now. Of course. No, I totally get that. And, like, I, I understand completely that this is not the end of the world if the Bills lose. It's not the uh, crowning of a division championship if the Bills win, you know? Like, there is a lot of football left to See, be played. I feel the opposite. I feel like if the Bills get this win, no doubt we're winning the AFCs. You think so? Well, just because it's, like, again... Think if you're the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You feel unstoppable right now. I would. Yeah, you got to be feeling yourself. Right. And after hanging 70, if you go in to Orchard Park, which has been a house of horrors for you for the last decade, mm-hmm. and you can't win now, it's over. You I wouldn't your say it's shot. over. I, I actually think it may be more beneficial for them to lose it. now. As far as like the, bringing their team back to reality, I mean, luckily the Bills got that wake-up call in week one, you know? If um, there's no doubt that the Dolphins offense and, and just the Dolphins in general are a talented team, I think they could benefit from a, a smack in the mouth. Big difference. The big difference is, yes, the Bills had that smack in the mouth and they lost to a divisional opponent. We lost to a divisional opponent that has no chance of catching us in the standings in the Jets. Yeah, fair point. Miami, we're the, I mean, they're the biggest threat to us. I mean, you got to, you, you, you want the crown, you got to come get the king first, right? Sure. So if you're down a half a game to the Bills and you know that we can keep pace the entire time because you're playing the same exact schedule we are with mm-hmm. the ridiculously difficult teams we have to play. Yeah. You got problems, man. Yeah. You got no, big I, I, problems. It's, I mean, it's a fair point. I still think, though, I mean, regardless, it's still week four. Who knows? All right. We heard it here first. No need to watch the game. Ryan says they win by three. Whee! All right. Buckle up, everybody. Uh, please like, subscribe, tell your friends. Yeah, totally. It's an easy way to make new friends as an adult is tell people about really cool uh, Irish brother hosted Buffalo football related podcast. Every time I'm at the mall, I lead off with it. His name's Ryan Duffy. Bye bye. My name is Pat Duffy. We will see you back here again next week. And before we go, one more time. Go Bills! Go Bills!